Thanks to Racetech for making this podcast happen. Pulp 22 is the code to save with Racetech. Get motor work done. Get suspension work done. they got a bunch of Racetech authorized service centers all across America as well. So you can please check out the folks at Racetech. And the best part of the whole thing is they can get your bike dialed. They can get it working really well. And then also you can tell them you listen to Pulp MX and you can save. Get a race, get a Pulp MX discount from the folks at Racetech. Racetech.com. Thank you to those guys and uh, privateer proven over the years. And thank you to the folks at All Balls Racing as well. They're all in, so you can go all out. Uh, AllBallsRacing.com. They have a lot of sister companies, Vertex and um, uh, Vertex and uh, Pivotworks and Hot Cams and lots of stuff going on with those guys. So they uh, they can help you out. And um, they have something for your bike that will work, and it's really good parts. We've given them away on, over the years on the Pulp MX Show. Works really well. All Balls Racing. Give them a call. Check them out on the website. And, uh, yeah, they're all in, so you can go all out. AllBallsRacing.com. MX Network Production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Jason Thomas talking about the new electric motocross bike, the Stark Varg. Looking forward to uh, getting his thoughts on it and talking to him about uh, everything that he did over there in uh, Spain. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Fly Racing, folks. Of course, 2022 Kinetic Mesh is out, and it's the, my favorite line of fly gear. It's super lightweight, super vented, super comfy. They've got five, I think, or six different colorways to go about it. You'll see this stuff on a lot of their pro riders this summer as the temperatures get hotter. Great stuff. The Kinetic Mesh is available now at motorsport.com or your local dealer. And also, the Formula Helmet. It's quiet. It's lightweight. It's super safe. Rion technology involved in this thing. So please check it out. Flyracing.com from all the details. And you can really read up on this helmet and see why it simply is one of the best helmets out on the market today. Thank you to the folks at Renthal and Maxxis. This uh, past weekend, Renthal swept the MXGP Series. They won both classes up in Canada, and they won both classes in America at the Nationals. So... Whether it's Dylan Wright, Ryder McNabb, Jet Lawrence, Jason Anderson, um, uh, Jeremy Sewer, or uh, Tom Vial. Renthal makes it happen, man. Chain wheels, uh, chains, grips, bars, tons of different style of bars. Renthal.com, they got a dealer locator on their website as well, as they have super, super easy uh, chart on their website as well to find out what bar bend you like and how to... Uh, uh, take that bar bend and what bend you should get in a rental. And also mountain bike stuff as well. Stems and bars from the folks at Renthal. Red Bull KTM, Honda, Kawasaki, always trusting Renthal for everything they need. Renthal.com. Also, thanks to the folks at Maxxis Tires, whether it's uh, the MXSTs developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by the SGB Honda guys. Mountain bike tires, light truck tires, trailer tires. Maxxis.com for more information. Those guys got a lot of things going on. They support the podcasts. So, yeah, if you haven't thought about Maxxis for a while, 
please check those guys out and uh, see what see if they got something that fits your needs. Thanks to Maxis.com. We'll tell you more about Kobo Links and uh, Motorsport.com later on in the podcast. But let's uh, let's ring up JT and see what he thinks of the new Stark. And now, as promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, to talk about the new Stark Varg. Uh, really excited to talk to this guy about it. And I have a little bit off the record, but this is the official uh, launch of, of all the stuff going on, and he can now talk about it. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not much. I uh, I don't think I've talked to you off the record about it. Legally, I would have to say I've not talked to you about anything. All right. Legally, you're exactly right. Forget that. Yep. Um, hey, so uh, you you to get it straight, you rode on Alta a little bit around, but you don't have you didn't have extensive period of time uh, on a motor track on the Alta, right? No. Um, and originally, Chris Kiefer was supposed to go on this project for you know it was kind of a joint venture for Pulpamex and Racer X. And uh, I mean, Kiefer, it made so much sense, right? Because he had so much experience with the Alta and development and testing and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, there's this whole vaccine thing to go to Europe and uh he would have definitely not gotten in. Like they checked my my vaccine card about twelve times uh inside the airport. So um I guess I was the next best choice and I was uh I'm very grateful I got to go. It was uh it was a, a really cool experience. But to answer your question specifically, my Alta um kind of experience and uh only impressions were basically riding around with a helmet on in a parking lot i mean it was for probably 20 minutes trying different things but it wasn't uh it wasn't like this yeah it wasn't on a moto track at all uh no i've done a podcast with anton the owner of us of Mm -hmm. um of stark uh, a little few months ago and yeah really really cool company very very ambitious plans um i guess um Let's start with this. Uh, how is Seb Tortelli? Yeah, Seb's working with the Stark guys. Really good dude. Anybody who listens to Pulp knows our feelings uh, for Seb. And you hadn't seen him for a long time. You were best man in his wedding. Uh, how is it seeing uh, how is Seb Tortelli again? It was awesome. Um, I mean, it's been a long time since I've really spent any considerable amount of time with him. Um, but, you know, he's he's been so wrapped up in this project. I don't feel like he has much of a life right now. Uh, you know, this this Stark Varg, uh, Varg development has been his entire life. And uh, I think that is kind of being displayed in the bike, right? He is, he is like one with that machine. I mean, to the point where, like, he's speaking with the engineers and, like, very, very analytical very you know high-end um language so you can just tell i think it just spoke to how deep his involvement goes to this point yeah i I would bet did you lean on him during the day uh for stuff and thoughts and observations and and that kind of stuff yeah i mean he's he was a little bit guarded um he he did say that they're they're a little bit early right is like even pulling off that media launch with five prototypes. He was like, man, we were working literally like 18 to 20 hours a day. And he, he's like a a week ago, if you told me that we were going to pull this off, I would have laughed at you and just said, there's no possible way, but here we are. So they were, they were definitely, uh, kind of burning the midnight oil to get even to where we were. They had a ton of media invited too. Holy crap. Like a lot 50 people. Yeah. 50. Yeah. Over, over the course of, uh, you know, I think 10, 10 working days, yeah. there's going to be 50 media people. Yeah. yeah. And were you there with Blake Wharton? Was he? I think he was there the same time you were. Uh, he was there, yes. He was there the same day I was. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You probably hadn't talked to Blake for a while uh, and, you know, talked yeah. to him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so. and he's, uh, he's an interesting character. He is. So, he uh, is. I mean, he's, like, super nice, but just very unique. Yeah. He's definitely his own person. 
Yeah. What? Um, so, all right. Uh, how was the track? Uh, it was pretty good. You know, like it's, it was a, it was a golf course that they turned into a motocross track Mm -hmm. and it was open for like two weeks. It was badass. I I went on Instagram and looked at all these videos and I'm like, Oh man, it's going to be sweet. Well, they had some sort of issue with a neighbor. I know stop me if you've heard this before. Yeah. Uh, so they had to shut it down and the only way that they can use this track is with the Stark because it's, there's no noise. Um, yep, yep. so we were battling water a little bit, like some sections were watered somewhere, but it, they've had a really hard time with, uh, keeping it watered all the time because it's not an open racetrack anymore. Right. So Stark is kind of a, these one-off events. So it just doesn't have the, mm-hmm. the same level of daily preparation that it used to have, but it's still like a badass racetrack. It just, if they had been watering it every day and like the whole thing was watered, it, it would have been probably a lot better. Did it have elevation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a full on track. Like the track is awesome. Right. Um, but it's, it's dry season in, in that part of Spain, which is also why they scheduled it because they don't have to deal with rain. Uh, and they, you know, they, they wouldn't get rained out any of the days. Um, but it just, yeah, it caused a lot of problem with dust. And, uh, some of the sections were like, you know, if you, if it's really hard pack and then you rip it and then it's like crusty and yeah. dry and yeah. it's really hard to ride because yeah. Yeah, there's just like chunks, right? Yeah, it's really, really tough. So some of those sections were sketchy. Right, right. Okay, so I guess we'll start with just this. Initial impressions of the bike. Uh, they've got different models to choose from, like horsepower ranges and things like that. Uh, give us uh, give us a, a bit of a fill-in on on uh, what you rode and what you thought of the bike overall. So, yeah, they, I mean, it's basically one model, right? Um, but that's the great thing about it being one big computer yep. is with software, you can adjust it to however you want the power to be. You know, if you want it to be a beginner's bike that has the power of a XR 100, great. Mm-hmm. Yep. We can do that. If you want it to be an 80 horsepower fire breathing monster, the <laughs> fastest factory bike that's ever been built. Great. We can do that. Yeah. And those things are done in like 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, so that level of adjustability was something that I had never really encountered before. Um, and then, yeah, it was just, there were a lot of adjustments, things to get used to. You don't have a clutch lever. You don't have a shifter. You don't have to shift gears. You, you had the brake. The brake wasn't on the bar. The brake was down normal spot. Uh, I use the, I use the foot brake, yep. but you can, you can use the hand brake. Yep. And I yep. guess the orders are about 50, 50, which yeah. I know you uh, had talked to Anton about. Yeah. But you, did you um, yeah, but foot brake was for you. That was, that was, your yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I've ever used, right. you know? So it was just the natural choice for me. And I would have been grabbing the clutch coming <laughs> yeah, into the corners totally. and done a front flip or something, you know, like it just right. wouldn't have been good. Um, but there's just kind of this break in period for your mind where you don't have any sound, all of the normal cues that you are used to having as to how to ride are not there. You know, mm-hmm. for jumps, you're, you're so used to using the RPM sound is like, okay, I need to be, yeah. this is kind of the gear and the sound and everything should be good. Well, you don't have any of that. So you have to judge off of speed and, I just felt like that stuff was a lot more like road racing, which obviously I don't have a lot of experience with, but I know about, and you have to like mark yourself for your braking points and all these different things, because typically I would just be like, okay, I'm going to come in here. And then at this point, I'm going to downshift. It's going to rev up. I'm going to pull in the clutch and then I'm going to use my engine braking to help me slow down. And then I'm going to catch the rut. We don't have any of those things. You don't have a clutch to pull in. You don't 
have a gear shifter to downshift to help you slow yourself down. Yeah. And in the stock setting, you don't have engine braking. So for about four laps straight, I missed every berm. You know, like I was just <laughs> yeah. like it's, a hot mess. It's you know? uh, Yeah, I've spent about 30, 45 minutes on the Alta. I overjumped everything for a long time. I couldn't yeah. quite get it right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, that was like my first thing. I was like, man, I... <laughs> You're just like, give me give me a minute here because <laughs> this is a complete mind please, f right please, now. Nobody be filming me right now, please. Right. Yes, right. So, uh, you know, they, and that's they kind of told me like, well, you know, what are, what are the issues you have? And I explained, I'm not, I'm missing all of these <laughs> typical inputs that I would have to kind of go fast. And like, well, we can add engine braking. So that was like, okay, let's do that. And we went, I don't know, like there's 14 different settings, and I kept going higher and higher until it really replicated what I was used to. And then it was easy. Like I was like, okay, I come to the corner. I have to remind myself, I don't have a clutch or anything to grab, but the engine braking effect kicks in. It slows me down and I catch the turn and you just kind of have to roll the throttle on. Right. You Mm -hmm. don't, there's nothing, there's no RPM to worry about spooling up or anything like that. You just find your speed. And then when you feel comfortable and traction wise, rolling the throttle on you, I mean, and roll it on because if you grab a handful, you are either, out of there and gone or you're doing a 360 right in the rut yeah, yeah. Uh, because the thing is so damn fast and there's no waiting right it's like a tesla like you just grab a handful and it's immediate power to the rear wheel you're just gone um i wonder uh, so it's pretty pretty uh, wild uh, which horse which horse which horsepower bike did you ride so i was using the 60 um okay, i don't they, right. w- they wouldn't let us run the 80 I, and i don't i think it was two reasons i think one they're worried about reliability, right? Mm-hmm. And anytime you press anything to the max, things break. We, we know that. That's just common sense. And also, I don't think they wanted anybody to hit a jump and jump 150 feet on accident, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Because there's every level of skill coming to this event, right? Guys that haven't, haven't ridden much, they're very, you know, they're more journalist types. And then there was ex-pros like me. Now, I was begging for it. I'm like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Um, you know, I've, yeah. I, I know how to keep myself out of trouble. It's fine. I just want to know what it feels like so I can better explain the experience. Um, so that's what, and they still weren't doing it. So I'm like, ah, maybe there's more to it. Maybe yeah. they don't fully trust it right. to not have an issue in front of all these media but, people. But the 60 horsepower was more than enough for, for, for you. Like it was fine. Because, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're talking about at like near the highest levels of factory equipment. Right. Like, okay, maybe they're getting closer to 70, but it's no waiting. Like there's not like I grab a handful, then I got to shift to second. Then I got to shift to third. And like, oh man, we're moving now. Yeah. Like, no, no, you are like zero to 60 horsepower and all the torque you've ever felt in your life immediately. And you are just gone. I mean, I did a few starts. I didn't have a starting hook or anything, but just to see what the acceleration was like. And you are from zero it's just like it, yeah. if you've ever ridden in an electric car, like a Tesla, that's that's the closest representation you're going to have because it's that same feel. It doesn't have to shift. It doesn't have to do anything. You are just at top speed in the blink of an eye. So the two, the Alta is supposed to be about a 250F, right? And there were four maps on that thing. And so I'm a bigger guy, and it's a 250F. So, you know, it's not that fast for me. I ride 450s normally. I wanted nothing to do with the Alta on the most aggressive map. And this was a 250F on the most aggressive map. I wanted nothing yep. to do with it. I can only imagine a 60 horsepower e-bike, electric bike, 
you know, with sort of the reins off. Like, yeah, insane fast, right? So, um, yeah, it's yeah. it's scary. I, for me, I, I've ridden a lot of factory bikes, not raced, of course, but I've yeah. ridden a lot of factory bikes and I've had my own really fast factory bikes. Like my, for reference, my 2005 Honda 450, and I, we're going back a long time, that my race bike had 59 and a half horsepower on the dyno. So even that bike, and I, I remember Tim Ferry's, Oh, seven and Oh eight Kawasaki factory 450 had like 63, something like that. So I know what that power is like. I know I have reference for it, but I, I don't have the vocabulary to explain how much quicker it is. You know, yeah, like yeah. It, it really will catch you off guard if you're not paying attention. If you just are, are a person, it, it, you know what, you know what it's exactly like. It's, it's still mind blowing to me that a person can walk into a motorcycle dealership and ride out with a Hayabusa and they've never ridden before. Yeah. Like that's, it's, it's okay. A little bit exaggerated from that, but that's what it seems like. Like you just hand this rocket ship over to somebody and that thing will really get away from you in a hurry. If you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, when you were adding engine braking to it, did they, Mm -hmm. did they, first of all, did you see them kind of do it on, was, was the, was the uh, phone in the crossbar yet? Did they have that working? Yeah. You to see that? Yep. Did, did they make a mention of, oh, no one else has wanted this or you, geez, you want a lot or you don't or most people want it? Did they make any comments on adding the engine braking to it uh, as far as your setting and what you wanted? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Sebastian was really helpful there because then he knew all the settings. So he's like, oh, OK, well, what number are you at? And yep. I was at an 80 and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be like at least like 87. Okay. So I ended up at I ended up at 90 and okay. I don't know what. I don't know what those numbers signify. Yeah, yeah, it could me be neither, anything, right? Yeah, 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 right? Exactly. And it doesn't it doesn't really matter. 90 hamsters. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But uh yeah, he he knew and the the people that were hands-on in developing this knew exactly what I wanted yeah, and why and yeah. where I needed to go and I, all those things. I the mechanic I started with was like, "Oh, yeah, I okay, okay." But then like when I got one of the engineers over and Sebastian, they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Let's go here, right. here, boom, 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 done." So so it seems like most people agree with adding some engine braking, which yes, yeah, I think yeah. if you're, if you're used to a modern four stroke, yep. you're going to want to add engine braking. Um, just because you don't have any other, it, it's really hard to slow down just by grabbing the brakes, right? It's, that's such a, you feel like you're going to stall yeah, like yeah. every time yeah. you go in and grab a bunch of brakes and you're like, I'm going to stall whatever. And then you start to panic because you're going too fast. Yep. It's just a really strange thing. But I will say the cool thing about that dynamic is they have the ability to manipulate when the engine braking comes in, right? So you would think if you, like anytime, like on a 450, if you let off the throttle, the yep. engine brake comes on, right? Yep. That's yep. how it works. Well, they can manipulate it to where it's speed-based. So if I'm going really fast and I hit like a really fast double, but I want to like scrub it and chop the throttle to hit it, it won't engine brake, okay? Which is awesome because yeah. it freewheels and you can right. scrub. Yeah. But if I'm going into a turn the computer tells it that we're going slow and now we want engine braking. So it helps me slow down yeah. so they can, wow. they can steer that. Yeah. And, and you don't, so you don't get that immediate endo feeling off jumps just by turning it up. Yeah. So if anybody's getting one of these things, that's listening to this, like you're going to have some time to play around with this and you should, and you should, Yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and I think if, you know, if, if I was a part of that project, I would want to make some tutorial videos because these people aren't going to have Sebastian Tortelli walking them yeah. through these things, but that was, that's a big deal. Like knowing 
that you don't have to have that engine braking over the jumps. You can just have it to set up for the corners. Like that's that's a huge difference. Uh, yeah, and I, I can't even for the life of me because I don't know anything about this electric electronic electric motor. I don't know what they're telling the electric motor to do to give you engine braking, but obviously it's in there, right? It's in the chips, it's in the the electric uh, uh, motor. But I can't even tell you how you would do that. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah I don't, bizarre. But but that's awesome that you can do it. That's great. Yeah, I don't I don't um, know either. I know you know my my only real experience with it was when uh, uh, get. You know, Athena owns Get, yep. and Get makes um, you know uh, ignitions and ECUs and fuel maps and all that stuff. And when they first came out, they had that ability. They still do, but they had that ability to turn engine braking down on 450s. And uh, Michael Byrne loved it; like it, it let him freewheel into the corners, and he didn't have all this drag. Yeah, right. I, I hated it. I wanted it to feel like that because it helped me corner. Right. Um, but it's, I, I don't know if it's the same or different, mm-hmm. but I remember back, that was like 2011. Right. They, they knew how to kind of do that through the ECU. Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Jason Thomas about his test on the Stark. Um, okay, so how bizarre is it? Like, and obviously you're, you're a better rider than I am, so I imagine you're riding pretty well. But, dude, so I'm out there on electric bike. I'm over jumping everything for a long time before I can get it down. And the noise is freaking me out because, you know, I can remember I was riding at a comp edge. And you come out of a turn, and there's an, there's an uphill of the tabletop, and you can kind of feel your motor going, roar, 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 and you're like, okay, well, I'm not in, you know, I got to give it more gas here, I got to clear it. But the electric bike, you're not hearing anything but dirt and scrapes and chain slap, chain slap, and and the weirdest thing ever. That took me forever to get used to this, what I'm hearing and how to ride the damn thing, the quad, the, this, the silence. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different, and. And the the weirdest thing was you can hear the tire brake traction. Yeah. Like yeah. you can literally hear the tire, um, you know, whether it's hooking up or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, uh, we talked about it the other night on, on your show on Monday was, you you know, when you case a jump or really have like metal on metal or the chain is slapping, like it is so damn loud, mm-hmm. you know, and you just have that noise typically drowned out by the engine. But it's scary. Like I'm like, oh, sh- oh you know, I don't want to curse, but I just broke the bike. Yeah. This bike is now broken, but it's really not. It's just the normal function. It's just that's the only sound you hear, right? Especially if you don't, you're not even on the throttle. Like you don't have that whine. Yeah, of the, zing, you know, the, the, zing. Right. You don't yeah. even have that going. You're just right. coasting and you like kind of land. Yep. Like I landed. There's a couple doubles that you landed kind of on the brakes. And if I cased it, it was so loud because it was like no other sound out there. You know, like we're in like a vacuum and it was just like clank. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I I just destroyed one of the prototypes. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Right. Crazy. Um, All right. Sitting on it. How does it feel? How how does it look? It looks great. Like I saw photos, obviously. But how does it feel sitting on the thing? It's pretty tall. Yep. Um, you know, it doesn't, for me, if I was going to customize it, I wouldn't, I would want to try to lower it somehow, whether that was, uh, yeah, co- shock, a Cobra link, lower the sh- right. Cobra link, lower <laughs> the shock. I don't even know how like subframe wise, cause everything's different, right? Yeah. You don't have exhaust or anything, but I would want to get it lower. It was hard for me to kind of stand up. Yeah. How much sag did um, you like run? I was like tippy toes. How much sag did uh, you run? I ended up around... I think 105 ish, okay. yeah, yeah. So something like that. Normal moto bike ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff is, all that stuff feels and sounds and works the same. Um, they told me that they tried to take the best of every OEM characteristic uh-huh. and apply it. Um, they said they found that it ended up being very similar to a Honda in that. 
Um, but they had all the OEM bikes. So we rode all the others like that. Oh, you, you did? Know, oh, okay. yeah. They had yeah. all the other bikes there. Yep. So we got to, we got to really see, is this that much faster or is it not? And does this, does the chassis work or does it not? Um, so we really got a lot of back-to-back comparisons to kind of know what we were talking about. And it doesn't feel awkward. That was the coolest thing is like yep. you get on it and it doesn't feel like some spaceship bike, you know, yep. it, it feels I don't know if it feels Austrian or Japanese or what, but it feels like a normal motorcycle that you would, you've been riding your whole life. Right. KYB suspension, Pirelli tires. Yep. How is all that? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm super comfortable with both of those things. And I think for the average person that's going to go buy this, this Stark, that's comforting because you don't have this big adjustment. Like if they put like Marzocchi on or something, something yeah. really out there, you don't have any reference to it. So at KYB, most people have run KYB at some point in their life. So it's very, it's very comfortable and similar. And if they don't like the feel of something, they may have some sort of idea and direction. Yeah. Well, I thought the the ultimate, the ultimate put on older KTM WP stuff and it wasn't great. That was definitely right. a, something I didn't, I didn't, I feel comfy. I didn't feel comfy on. Do you know which model of KYB they put on? Was it the SSS I, stuff or the... I, don't know okay. and, and that's one weakness in my game is i haven't kept up as much on the hybrid and air fork and in between and all that stuff because well, it was that was past it, my time but, I got, a spring that fork? After me. but it is a spring fork or is it a hybrid yeah. or yep. it's, it's yeah. spring fork right, yeah. Right. yeah it's probably yep. the sss stuff um in one way though you not riding much and not motoring down in uh, boise is an interesting point for this next question i have because so you 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 had the other bikes there you spent some time on a Honda last summer, and you you know you had an RMZ for a while, a few years back. But you don't ride something regularly where you're like, "This is my bike. I love this bike. I'm so used to this bike." Blah blah blah. Did you feel as good on the Stark as any gas-powered bike there, or did you feel better on a Honda or, or a Suzuki KTM, whatever else you rode, the other bikes you rode? Yeah. Did you feel as the same, better, worse? So the first time I went out on the Stark, I felt terrible. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, taking that adjustment. So right. I was rusty there was a lot happening with the bike that I wasn't comfortable with yet. It just, I didn't know the track. I didn't, we didn't walk the track or anything. So it was like everything that could be unfamiliar and uncomfortable was, um, but I rode and rode and rode, got okay. I got on the Honda cause I was just most used to that. And I felt a lot better right away, which I was like, ah, that's not a good sign for the Stark. I don't know. Like this Honda feels really good. And I'm actually, I, I'm going fast now, like right away. So I kind of like sorted out the whole track, jumped all the bigger stuff, yep. really put in some like fast laps for me anyway. And then I went right back to the Stark and immediately I started figuring it out. Yep. Um, so that was comforting. And then by the end of the day, you know, I rode the Stark consecutively after that. And by the end of the day, I would say I was as good or better on the Stark than I was on the Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, there's just a lot to, to work through, man. You have to like untrain <laughs> yeah, your mind. Sure. Yep so many of these things that you've been doing your whole life and you're not doing that anymore. You don't have a gear shifter anymore. You can't feed the clutch out of the corner. Like it's, it's really strange. It's like, uh, I don't know. It'd be like riding a really fast Weisinger, you know, Pee Wee 50 around. Um, it's just kind of crazy. Like all these things that you, you take for granted in your motorcycling vernacular that are just not there. What was the longest moto you did or what can you speak about in terms of battery life? So I didn't do anything that would have tested the length of battery life. Yep. Um, but they're basically saying that they know that they can do a full length national moto right now. They think it's about an hour, but 
the big variable there is how hard you're riding it and what conditions. So that was kind of like myself and Blake Warden and and a few people were kind of, that was when we were talking after it's like, okay, well, what if it's Sandy? What if it's muddy? How is that going to affect the battery life? Cause it's so much more load on it, you know, that's going to absorb that much power. So it sounded like, and I, and I guess you have to quote me cause I'm on a podcast, but it sounded like they felt like it would be an hour under most conditions, but they were confident with a pro guy in harder conditions yeah. that it would still last at national moto. Interesting. Now 242 pounds, uh, a little heavier than a, mm-hmm. than a motocross bike. How did it feel? Because I didn't, it didn't feel heavy. Yeah. The, the Alta doesn't feel heavy either. And it was heavy. Yeah. Yep. No, it didn't, yep. it didn't feel like, and I, I, ridden you know like way back let's let's go back 24 years ago i rode a husky 610 okay in the four stroke nationals yeah that thing felt like a sherman tank yeah uh riding around the racetrack that was fast i hole shotted but i mean jumping the thing you were just like you looked like you Mm -hmm. were bracing for impact like you had no idea if parts were going to fly off this thing or what it didn't feel like that at all like it was flickable and you know like the geometry was all you know it's pretty balanced like ergonomically and all that stuff so it didn't feel any heavier than a you know a factory race bike or anything like that yeah yeah interesting that's just no motor stuff no no mass moving around i think you know Um, i will tell you though it's interesting you know say and a few times i got myself not into like where i was going to crash but you hit jumps and there was a few kickers on uh, some of the bigger doubles and i was like front end was lower than i wanted it to be so i would you know go to rev the engine well, that thing just yanks up yeah. because you, you, all that power's on tap, right? It doesn't rev out yeah. to where the, you're in second gear and you rev all the way to the moon. Well, that's front's not coming up anymore because you've given it all she's got. Well, this thing just, the front will just whip up out of nowhere yeah, yeah because it, it goes from zero to a hundred like that, you know, just by turning the throttle. So that, that was pretty wild. Like a couple times I was like, oh man, I'm. I'm not going to crash here, but this isn't perfect. Yep. And I was like, oh, I just wrapped the throttle and boom, there we are. Right. Yeah. Barsha would have a hard time. He's gonna have a hard time riding a Stark. Yeah, the front he would be he would be boner air everywhere <laughs> is what would probably happen. Yeah, um, interesting. What did you think of the fit and finish of the bike? What did you think? I mean, clearly they put a lot of time into the artistry because, and and they're very proud of that. Like that was one of the things they made the most note of was like all these detail things that they put in it. Like the the main prototype that they had that we didn't get to ride was this white one. It was like a kind of a off white storm looking thing yep it had like a a 24 karat gold logo embossed into the where the tank would be like the (laughs) front of it and like yeah it's i mean it's a really sexy looking bike like the plastics are all like super sleek right and you can just tell that that was a big deal for them it's not a utilitarian and i i'm not i don't even want to say it because i feel bad but like think about like some of the bikes that you're just like, man, did they put any time to this at all? Like mm-hmm. Suzuki hasn't been on the front end of, of innovation lately. Right. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's not this bike. This bike was like every little angle and piece of plastic and things were yeah. like thought out. Like it was their baby. Like this was a huge deal for it to look amazing. Not, you know, performance. Yes. But they wanted it to look like it was going to blow you away too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good looking bike, the seat and the tank and, and all the shrouds and everything looks really neat. It's all one piece. It looks like too, right? Like when you take it apart, yep. did you see it all apart? Yeah. Like yeah. That? A yeah. lot of it just, yeah. And 
they gave us like a toolkit when we left with that has yep. literally every tool in it to completely deconstruct a Stark. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. So like I could take it down to nothing with this toolkit that they yep. gave me, which is pretty cool. Did you lay it down at all or no? No, no, no thanks. No. I didn't crash. Did anybody? No. Did anybody crash? No, not that I saw. It okay. doesn't mean it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Oh, uh, that's not true. I did see one oh. guy. One of the uh, Moto Barrett guys, uh, he did crash. I didn't see the crash, but I did see him my, getting up. My buddy from uh, MXP, Brett Lee, I guess he cartwheeled it shortly after you left. <laughs> Just did That's some, not good. Did some damage to it. Yeah, those are prototypes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they were really happy, I heard. Yeah, no, they, I bet yeah. they weren't. Right, right, yeah. Um, but that, that's, that's great. That's good stuff. Uh, Fly Racing Racer <laughs> X Podcast with Jason Thomas. Uh, Renthal Maxis, thanks to the folks at motorsport.com as well. Go, go there, go through the banner on pulpamex.com. Uh, motorsport.com will have some Stark stuff, I'm sure, down the road. Uh, and, uh, yeah, go through the banner and order something. Great prices, great shipping, uh, dedicated team of gearheads there to help you out. And if you want to lower the Stark, I guarantee you the folks at Cobolinks will have a link soon. Uh, Pulpamex is the code to save with Cobolinks, built and designed up in Boise, Idaho, and uh, everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. They've got it all there at, at Cobolinks, and uh, use the code to save. Get yourself some more confidence, lower that bike a little bit, uh, touch the ground, feel a little better, and, and all of that with the, with the folks at Cobolinks. Uh, so thanks for those guys for coming on board. So JT, where do you stand? Uh, just you know, after riding the Stark a little bit, where do you stand with racing one of these against a gas-powered motorcycle, which is what Stark wants to do? It's uh, a really tough question. I don't, I don't know that I have a strong opinion. I know that's going to blow away loyal pulp listeners. Right. Um, I just see a lot of a lot of angles for both sides of the argument, and thank. God, I don't have to be the one to make this decision. Uh, you know, the the British championships are going to allow it. They've okay. already decided. Yep. The Italian championships are going to allow it. Uh, and Sebastian will be racing it later this year in both of those in September. So that'll be really interesting to see how he does in those races. But I just don't know. Um, there are a lot of advantages that, you know, power, like, you know, they're going to have an 80 horsepower option. I, the thing will, I promise you, you cannot beat that bike on the start. You can't, you cannot do it. If it's, you know, you give, get a factory Stark rider and he's got a starting hook and an 80 horsepower option, maybe more, maybe they could give you like 90 if it was a factory bike or something mm-hmm. crazy. And you go, you don't have to shift. You don't do anything other than turn the throttle and you are at top speed in like a second. Like right. there's no way you can compete with that. So you're going to allow a bike in the class that's a guaranteed whole shot machine. I, ju- I don't know. I, I don't know the right answer to it. Um, I'm this, it's coming soon. Like this question is coming soon yeah. for hey. AMA, FIM, everybody. And I, I just don't know the right answer. I think you would just have to have, and this would be a big stretch for over here in the AMA, you'd have to have some technical uh, people that would inspect the bike and put it at a level, whatever level that is, to be a fair comparison. Find a, find yeah. a setting Horsepower-wise, that is a fair comparison, and go racing. But I, you know, I, know. But it's just, I don't know how you do that. It would be, yep. it would be so easy to manipulate that. You know, just yep. a a remote. I mean, you know, technology is so advanced now. If it's if it's all done by computer and and fuel map, somebody could do it remotely. Like you could send a signal mid race for it to change to the other map and then switch back. I just see so many ways to mm-hmm. cheat like that. You know, mid race and things. I hope that they find the right answer and there's enough cooperation by everybody because I think it will be awesome. I know that Stark is very, very much against 
them being in their own class and being like the outlier, they do not want to do that. They want to go heads yeah, up against yep, yep. all the big dogs. Yep. I just think it's going to be a tough fight to get that done. Is it going to come with a generator or anything to charge? Is it going to come with anything? So the stand, the stand has a built-in charger in it. Oh, okay. Um, you need a power source, of yeah. course, yep. but a generator would suffice. Yeah. Uh, but the stand has a charger in it. So you just put your bike on the stand, you plug it in, boom, it's charging, um, which is pretty great, right? right. Uh, they are – and Sebastian said this is a big part of his job now is building out the infrastructure. So they're – Working with all these tracks in the U.S., all these tracks in Europe, like Redbud and, and Hangtown and Glen Helen and all these places, they're going to pay for these chargers to be installed at all these tracks. So imagine going to like a Whole Foods and there's a Tesla charger yeah. right there. Yep. That's what's going to be at these tracks. So Redbud, if you go riding at Redbud, there will be chargers installed there. So you, when you take your bike, you know, you're in between motos, you could just go over there and right. be charging your bike in between motos and you wouldn't have to have a power source. It would be pre-installed. And that's part of this build out plan yep. is to get all of these chargers to these main, I think they have basically a list of key tracks to start with that are all going to have them installed. Now they were initially hoping to get them here by September. They pushed that to August. Uh, they're not the only ones with supply chain issues and, and building, getting parts and everything else. Do they seem confident on hitting that August uh, 2023? They sound like it. I'm left. Um, man, I I have so many. I don't want to say concerns because it's not my place to have concerns. I'm more curious as how they're going to pull off a lot of this stuff. Um, a lot of that comes from my own personal experience at fly racing. I know what we're facing. I know the challenges and how difficult it is to do anything right now. And they have so many different parts and pieces that they're pulling from different vendors and everybody has to work in conjunction to pull this off. Meanwhile, they're building out this battery robotics, you know, like battery cell robotics plant. They're in the process of building out a 180,000 square foot uh, factory to assemble all this stuff. It's just the amount of moving parts right now that are all have to align to get this done is it's staggering to me. Like I, my head started hurting just thinking about it. So I hope for them because they're, they're great people. I really like them like outside of business. They're just really nice people. I hope they can pull this off, but man, I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Pre-orders are big though. People are, people oh, yeah. are lined up. Oh yeah. People yeah. are, people are all over my social media wanting to know. I'm like, I, I can't, man. I signed like a, a book of, you know, <laughs> worth of NDAs on this thing. Like I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. And it says here too, this, that stand is included. It's not extra for the charging stand. So that's, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's definitely a part of it. It's, it's awesome. Part of the bike. So, um, so yeah, you had fun. You recommend it. Fun bike. Yes. Yeah. I think if, uh, you know, and, and most of the people that I've talked to that are buying this thing, they already have motorcycles. They want to add this to their collection. You know, I think it's great. I mean, it's it's about the same price as a 450. I think retail is going to be like 11.9, something like that. So it's not, you know, some Lamborghini of motorcycles. You know, like it's not like it's a twenty thousand yeah. dollar motorcycle and just outlandish. It's it's not far out of the realm of what people are paying anyway. It, and it's it's so unique. I really do feel like it's going to be a part of history. Um, this electric, you know, electric revolution is coming. Whether Stark is the end all be all of that revolution. I don't know. You know, yeah. they want to say that they are. Honda's got a prototype. Honda's yeah, got a, yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter who, it's still coming. That concept is coming. So 
Um, I, I would say, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would want it to be my only motorcycle because I, I love gas powered motorcycles. Like it's what we've all grown up on. Like I, I genuinely enjoy those, but, uh, to add it to your stable, I would say, yeah, like pretty easy. Yes. Funnest part of the bike. What, what, what would you say? Just the motor, just the, the, the power the, is yeah, just, just power is like nothing. That's <laughs> it's, it's like nothing else that's available. Yeah. Like there is nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Um, I, I, cannot imagine what the 80 horsepower version is like i I talked to sebastian about it off the record well not even off the record just i couldn't you know until now and he's like it's it's really aggressive you know for most people (laughs) it's it's you know dangerous because there's so much power there and most people have no idea what to do with that much power other than get themselves in big trouble yeah i mean maybe you put it in maybe you would do that for the sand or something if you're an average guy you're not seb tortelli Maybe you put the 80 horsepower if you've got a deep sand track or something, but then you're... Maybe, yeah, you know, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the coolest thing, though, you know, you asked me the coolest yeah, thing. Yeah. The coolest thing is not even that it's so fast. The coolest thing is the adjustability. If you want to make it ride like the speed of 125, you can do that. Mm-hmm. If you want to make it run like a 450, you can do that. If, if you're taking your wife or girlfriend or, you know, your friend that's never ridden before and you're like, man, I got to make this thing run like a, literally like a, a 50, 50 cc bike. You can do that. Could you do you know? it like that slow? You could make it that yes. slow? They, they're basically saying it's the, the options are endless, right? Yeah, yeah. You can turn it as up and down as much as you want. Yep. But having that to be the same bike could be a beginner's bike or an expert bike, that's pretty great. Like That's yeah. a really cool option for people to have. Um, and for a dealer, I'm thinking business-wise too, for a dealer, you don't have to have 27 different models in your store. You can have the Stark, and as long as you're an adult, Great, we can we can suit it to your skill level. Yep. What uh, what's the thing that you want to see improved, or that you maybe weren't used to, or you thought was weird, or whatever? Um, I think nothing that I would say they need to improve on. Um, I think their biggest challenge will be reliability, uh, just because it's it's brand new, you know, and it's it hasn't been vetted out over years of development like all these other 450s have you know they don't and i I don't want this to seem like i know more than they do because i know nothing but i've been around this and we've all seen models come out and we've seen when they when you make sweeping changes or develop something brand new you don't even know what you don't know yet you know Mm -hmm. like i i believe they're going to run into problems that they don't know are coming i think they're going to see reliability challenges that they don't know are coming just because they haven't seen it yet. It yeah. doesn't mean it's not going to happen because you send this bike to, you know, Billy Smith in Omaha, he's going to do things that they've never considered that you're going to do before. They're going to take a water, you know, a pressure washer and spray it directly into this electrical cord, yeah. right? Like you should not do that, <laughs> but people do dumb things. Yeah. They do it all the time. Yeah. And yeah. those types of things, I think they're going to have to work through and there'll probably be recalls. And that's, that's going to be the biggest challenge. It's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just, that's just a natural part of the process. Yeah. Very. There's lots of people that are interested in seeing, um, how the thing works with super mud races and super deep yeah, sand and yeah. all of that. You know what I mean? Like yep. certainly a lot that's of people are interested. Be, yeah. That's, that's all to be determined. All that stuff they have, those are bridges they have to cross and I'm sure they know it but I don't think they could tell you with absolute confidence what the result's going to be under all those circumstances either. I'm with you on this not being your only bike. I'm with you on that because maybe you want to ride somewhere that close to houses or maybe you want to, you know, have an e-bike for just, you know, playing around and all that. But I wonder if it's your secondary bike, 
are you not going to enjoy it as much because it's going to take some time to get used to because it is radically different, right? I wonder how much you'll be able to jump from bike to bike on a, 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 if you have a regular gas bike and you have one of these because it is different, man, you know? It is different, yeah. but I'll tell you what. At the end of the day, when I got it adjusted to how I liked it, yep. it wasn't that crazy. Yeah, okay, the sound's different, yeah, yeah. And whatever, but like yeah. I didn't feel like I was – riding a bike from the year 2050 anymore right you know like it, it felt pretty normal and i i don't know i didn't at the beginning yes it was a lot of adjustment i'd like to see i'd end, like to see some video yeah. from those first few laps of yours <laughs> well it, there wasn't anything crazy because i wasn't taking any chances yeah, yeah. i just when i would dive like i would go into a corner and just try to hit the inside line and i would miss it you know and i would just stand the bike up and go outside of that line so it wasn't like dramatic it was just, I was like, oh, that's a big mistake by me. Like, I should just be able to catch that inside rut. Well, I was having to go like to the third rut because I was going way too fast for the first rut. Yeah. So yep. just little things like that, you know. And um, It wasn't like I shot off the track doing 30 miles an hour. I just was making a lot of mistakes that I shouldn't have been making. Right, right. Oh, cool, man. Sounds fun. I think this, I think this thing, I mean, you know, uh, from Seb to Anton, I've talked to these people, and, and they got lofty goals, but – the bike yep. looks good. Um, it does. You know, it looks it does. good. It looks like it has the proper stuff on it. I love the adjustability that you've talked about. That's really cool. Um, I didn't even think about the engine braking. Like when it came to the Alta, I don't believe there was anything like that. It was all just four four ignition maps. Are there multi maps to switch to? Can you load? I would imagine yes. you can. Right. Yep. Yep. Like, so we didn't have the switch. We had the switch on the bike, but it wasn't. Um, yeah. It wasn't working, workable, whatever. It wasn't powered up. Yeah, but you can. So you'll have, yeah, yeah. You, yeah you can switch maps. Um, you you have that. You mentioned it, but it has that display phone where the yep. uh, bar pad would typically go. Yep. That thing's badass. It shows you speed. It shows you all kinds of stuff. Like, it shows you all this, mm-hmm. all this data that's going on while you're riding it's not like i was looking at it but yeah, it's yeah. pretty awesome like yeah. it's really futuristic um and, you, and yeah it's it's pretty sweet you can make all the adjustments off that you talk about making it like a 125 like how awesome is that okay i just gotta flip the switch to number one that's a 125 for for my wife or for my kid and then now i'm gonna ride the 60 horsepower or whatever in, in map yeah. three right really cool yep yeah yep. oh wow uh yeah no, i'm a believer of this thing man like i said i think it's gonna be great uh sales are good dealers are getting set up in america you know, this thing's coming for sure. Let's just hope they can get that supply chain stuff figured out and get these cranking. Yeah. But I'm glad it I mean, was good. Yeah. Yeah. They're projecting that they could build 150,000 units a year, which is an insane number. Um, that's like more than all the dirt bikes that are made. Um, but they're, when I started thinking about it, well, that's not just dirt bikes. They're planning on making street bikes and scooters and all kinds of things. So all of this R&D that they're doing on the motocross bike, like they're already working up street bikes and all these other things and that you know that market's very very large especially like you start talking about scooters and things so big picture their success and failure won't be based off of whether this stark varg does well or not right it's going to be a much bigger picture and and it's going to be more about the brand because if they build a badass scooter the scooter could power the whole business you know by itself in southeast asia and all these places where everybody rides a scooter so um i think we get caught into it's like oh man if they don't sell enough of these dirt bikes they're screwed man not really that's a part of the story yeah this technology could be passed on down um what did they think of your stark butt patch 
Iron Man. But oh, they, they thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, okay, good. I thought it was awesome personally, but I didn't know <laughs> if they would get it or not. Yeah, yeah. And the, Anton, Anton was like, that is amazing. Like, he got it immediately. Yeah, yeah. This, this dude's like a genius, right? Oh, He's literally cool. like a genius. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I was very excited about it. Okay. All right. Yeah, fair enough. That's good. Uh, all right, everybody. That's uh, that's the Stark Varg. Read the article on Racer or on Pulpamax. Watch the video on RacerX as well. Listen to this podcast, Jason Thomas, talking about the latest, greatest thing from the folks at Stark. Stark. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thanks for doing this pod. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, being a part of helping send me over there. All right. Thanks, man. See you. All right, guys. Bye. See you. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners. Don't change the air. Don't change the air.